Starbucks is working today. Three. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Three, two, one. Welcome, Welcome back, back to the Why God Podcast. What? Happy Tuesday. Oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah, I guess it doesn't matter if you're listening at any other time on the podcast. Welcome. I'm Josiah. I'm Isaac Moore. Nice to have you back. Yes. Beautiful. Listeners. Episode four just dropped. Come on. So just to recap, what is a takeaway that you got from last week? Dude, my takeaway is that we just have great taste in men as Bible <laughs> characters. And uh, probably because they had great taste in Jesus. Okay, so being serious. Oh, great taste in God. Mm. Mm. And so my takeaway is you want to live a happy, eh, you want to live a good, fruitful life, or maybe a good, fruitful post-life, aka heaven, then um, you should really take an interest in God. I don't know why I had to say it so weird. Basically, all I'm saying is, it's got to come back to Jesus. It's got to come back to God. It always does. It has to, yeah. So, I mean, it's a very basic takeaway, but yeah. most important, I think. And we're going over our favorite Bible characters. Isaac's was Jacob, and mine's was Joshua. And if you don't know, it's when I was editing the video, the recording, it was super funny because two of our best friends, our favorite pair of brothers, is named Jake and Josh. And it's just so funny that our Shout favorite Bible characters boys. are them. Shout out the boys! But it all points back to Jesus. Joshua points back to Jesus that... Even when we uh, pick our characters that are not Jesus, it points back to him because the whole Bible points to him from Old Testament to New Testament. And besides, and besides our favorite characters, we're talking about living up to the law, that when you uh, follow the rules, when you live for Jesus out of obedience, it's because of the faith you have for Jesus, not because you're trying to live a perfect life on your own will. That even if you live the law, um, live the law just to be legalistic, just to, as a work of yourself, that's still sinful and it's still out of pride and it's not what Jesus came for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You can't get by just looking good, you know? Maybe Josh. Maybe Josh, but <laughs> our friend Josh, not the Josh from the Bible. But it's like, I don't know. The Olympics, if you have a really nice body. Oh, what is the thing? Speaking of podcasts, you know, like the guy, Bradley Martin, and he's like, we, I can fight oh anybody. Oh, my. No. Like, okay. Not <laughs> yeah. to even get like that, but <laughs> like, you know how there's there's bodybuilders and stuff? That yeah. People, and they're like, I'm so strong. I can fight anybody. That's well, the thing false. is, if you don't know how to fight, just being big and just looking the part isn't going to do it well. Yes. And so... I mean, you could equate that to be like, if you're just reading, if you just know the law and you just know the rules that Jesus followed or whatever it is, if you just play the Christian part, when you get into a real kerfuffle, mm. you're getting destroyed. Yes. If you get into a real fist fight with the enemy, you're getting wrecked because you don't actually have the like genuine relationship with God yes. that you actually need to get through. So yeah. And what does that always come down to? Your time with Jesus. So, and that reminds me, I seen this video on Instagram of 
an MMA fighter and he was fighting a bodybuilder. And mm. the, the bodybuilder was huge. Like he was jacked. But he got destroyed. Dude. That's because when you're bodybuilding, you're focusing on like getting bigger, looking better. Mm. Like, you know, no no shame on that. But there's no functionality. Amen. So if someone kicks you in your thigh or someone like leg checks you, it's going to hurt <laughs> and your nerves might give out and you're mm-hmm. just not prepared for that. Kind of like in the same way of the spirit of, you know, in being a Christian, if you don't have like Jesus inside of you, you don't have that dog inside of you, yeah. you're going to get whooped just like uh, the seven sons of Skiza. Ooh, yeah. They thought they're top dogs, but they, well, when they try to cast out that demon, they got whooped. Mm, yeah, Bible storytelling time. For those of you who are unaware of these seven sons, basically they thought they were so cool. Going around, they're like, blah, 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 blah. In the name of Jesus, get out of there. This is an act. You can look it up. They're like casting out demons, doing all this stuff, sort of. And then there's this big old demon, and they're like, oh, we're going to get rid of this bad boy. But then they're like, in the name of Jesus, get out of here. And then the demon's like, I've heard of Jesus. I've heard of Paul. But who the heck are you guys? And it's because they didn't really have that real they weren't really about it. They were only like surface level, I guess you could say. And yeah, it's like the fighting, everything, stretching. You gotta have it's more than just more than just having the muscles. It's also that IQ, all that stuff. And spiritually, it, that is so important because there's so many people. And this is my grime with the church. So many people. Not not the church, not the capital C church. The uh, the Amer the uh, the church as a social environment mm. is people people think, oh, I've come to church, I've made it as a Christian, but I feel like the church is supposed to be like our prep time, our get good time, our our preparation time, our preparation time, our learn about God time mm. that gets us ready to go out and do the Great Commission and get. Talking to people helps us in our spiritual growth. Maybe help us in other areas. Like they have counseling and stuff. Like church is good. But the thing is like, I don't know. Some people get caught up in like, okay, I go on Sunday. I'm good. I got my, I got my pump in at the gym this week. But yeah, like when push comes to shove, did your one hour a week of sitting in the pews, like prepare you for anything that's going to happen? I don't know. Yeah, I like that idea of church being a prep time because when you go into a ring, you're not just fresh off the block going out and fighting. There is time and preparation and training that goes into becoming a fighter, a boxer. And the thing about church is if your entire Christian or your entire faith life is within the church on a Sunday morning, the real fight is when you leave. So if your only experience is within like the church and training one day a week, when you go out into the world, you're going to get wrecked. You're going to get wrecked, man. It's a harsh reality because the world is a really awful place. <laughs> and if we're not Tell prepared. Tell me about it. Yeah. If we're not prepared, dude, we, yeah, we're going to get you, listener, person, whoever you are, you are going to get eaten alive. Amen. <laughs> like, what does is, what is First Peter say? Something about the devil's roaring around like a lion, just waiting, man. Mm. He's just waiting to devour you. The thing is, you don't have to be afraid. Like, the whole point of that isn't to make us scared of the devil or make us scared of the world. It's to be like, hey, like, 
this is just the reality of things. Like you got to, but like, don't let that make you afraid of every stepping foot outside of the church. Let it like propel you into really taking what you have seriously, like taking the Bible seriously, like in your spiritual growth and your alone time with Jesus and things like that is like, oh man, it's so important. I don't know. So as a listener, take this <laughs> as an encouragement to go out, oh, yeah. read your Bible, go to church, get into the community, and strengthen, stretch out those those spirit muscles. Amen. Because if you show up, Michael Phelps, you're like, I'm going to go swim in the Olympics. And you got a nice body, put the Speedo on, but you've never spent time in the pool, you're going to drown, bound to drown. Show up to church in a Speedo. <laughs> yep, you heard it here first, everybody. Church attire, speedo style. <laughs> anyway, so what are, what are we diving deep into today, Josiah? Today we're going over another question from the audience. And that question, shout out to Lily, is, oh, sorry, wrong person. Shout out to DJ, <laughs> is, what does it mean when the Bible, <laughs> what does it mean when the Bible says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> fearfully and wonderfully made. No, I'm fearful. How should we tackle this? Do you want to? Mm. We're going to read Psalms 139. That's where the scripture is. Yes. We're going to split it up. Would you like to start, Isaac? I would like to start. Before starting, I'd just like to dialogue a little bit. Because why? This is a podcast. <laughs> um, But... Yeah, okay. So, we're reading Psalms 139. It's coming from this verse, 14, right? It says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full and well. Basically, this is David talking, right? Mm -hmm. And, oh, I don't know. Should we just, yeah, okay, never mind. You're right. Because we should just read it all first and then get into some answers. It's such a good chapter. I know. Yeah, and that's the thing is. You're going to get psyched. We take this thing and we're like, Oh, fearfully and wonderfully made. What does this mean? How do I dissect this? How do I understand this? Like, you see it on the like Christian mom blog post, and it's like, yeah, be encouraged, honey. <laughs> You're like, thank you, but how do I dissect this? How do I understand this? And I think the answer really is in it's in the context. Like, you read Psalms 139, and it really is a banger. And you're just like, dang, David was cooking here. This is where most of the quotes are from. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, I, I mean. Rightfully so. And when you read it as a whole, it's like, I I feel like it almost answers the question. Like, it's hard to not understand it when you read the whole. Yes. The whole. Anyways, let's read it. You, this is starting in verse 1. Psalms 139. Psalms 139. NIV version. Sorry, guys. Feeling a little sick this week. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Oh my gosh. You hem me in. You hem me in behind and before. Mm. You lay your hand upon me. Dude, he's always with you. Such knowledge is too 
wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I know we're trying to get to the verse 14, but like he, okay, David says such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty to, for me to attain. And yet so far all he's talked about is how much God knows about him. Mm. And it's like, but like, it's you. So how do you not know that? How do you not have the knowledge attained already because it's about you? But it's that God knows him so well. Like before he says the words, before he goes to sleep, before he lays down, whatever, mm. everything he does, God already knows it and he's there. Ah, so it's just me. I'm, ah, I don't know. For the people who always would say in, in like, in like a theological stuff and they're like, God only has partial knowledge. I'm just like, dude, I read these first six verses and you already sound mm. like a ding dong. But anyways, that's crazy because David's like, this is me. Like, I'm just talking about myself and yet God knows all of it. And yet I don't understand how you understand. Anyways, praise God. Verse seven, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Oh my. If I go up to the heavens, you are there. there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. Taking over. Even, even the, the darkness, darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like day for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Ah, How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. <laughs> they speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Amen. Come on. Pretty intimidating, I'll say. But dang. Okay, so what does this mean to you? That That you, like David here, are fearfully and wonderfully made. Well, what I want to get out of the way is David's not necessarily just bragging about himself and trying to boast about himself, mm-hmm. but he's like, we are God's work. He made us. So how could we not be fearfully and wonderfully made if we are made by God who is fearful and wonderful? You know, it's like, you know, a son and a father. If you're dad has if your dad is tall you're likely going to be tall if your dad has 
a big nose, you're going to have a big nose too. And kind of in that comparison where God is our father, we, as a son and daughter of Christ, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm, Maybe there's some gray area in that, and we can go into about sonship. But essentially, we're fearfully and wonderfully made because God is fearful and wonderful. It has nothing to do with us, but everything to do with God. And that's what David is trying to say, that God, your works are good. It's a huge humility thing. And it's just, I mean, it's more, it sounds like he's just praising God even more. He's he's totally not, and I think it can be taken the wrong way. I don't think many people take it the wrong way like this, but sometimes it can be taken like, like, oh, I'm like this, like, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm a great human being. I'm all this stuff. And sometimes that can get to our heads. We can think like, we can put on this ego thing like, oh, I'm that. But like you're saying, like, it it isn't, I mean, it is a confidence builder because we know God had intention with us and took his time in making us. But yeah, when you look at it, in the context of understanding, like, it was like, oh, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Like, the work's your works are wonderful is what it is what the conclusion is is like god look at look at me like i am the way i am because you're freaking wonderful and so perfect and so good and so god and like because of that i am the way i am and it's like you know like uh those crazy statues made of marble and stuff and you see like the makes me think of like the veins and how like some look like fabric and it looks so realistic this isn't even what I was going to say about this verse, but it's just like, it's like, man, you don't just look at that and you're like, wow, that, that is, well, actually you do. You, you look at the statue and you're like, that is the most amazing statue mm. ever. But you don't just say, that's an amazing statue. You're like, who the heck, yeah. psychopath, kind of crazy, like detailed, specific. Yes. Like I look at that and I'm like, how did someone think to even make this like, just like, smacking the marble you know <laughs> carving it out so perfectly because like you know you mess up on a marble you can't just like glue some more marble back on or erase it or it wasn't something 3d printed no it was it was just time blood sweat and tears and like it makes you think you're like dang that was wonderfully made like you mm. he wasn't he wasn't like messing up you know the end of ratatouille and he's just like, hmm, he eats his thing and has his flashback. <laughs> it's not like it's not like he just threw a bunch of stuff and put it in the microwave. Man, he took his time. And so it's mm-hmm. like, but the thing is there, you're not like, you don't get down and worship the food. Or you don't get down and worship the, the statue. You give your compliments to the chef. Amen. And so it's like, like, look at me, dude. I'm a great thing. Because God really, like, he really put the work in. He really put the time in. It's like. It has nothing to do about me. It has nothing to do about, and that's cool. That's what I thought was really cool because, I mean, this isn't even, this seriously still isn't what I had to say, but just like, I mean, yeah, like when you go to worship God, and I guess that's how this can relate to a lot of like, you know, how people are like, if you love God, you'll love yourself. <laughs> All this silly stuff, and it's like, like if you take care of the things God made, if you, if you, um, you know, love your neighbor and all this stuff is like, you're you're honoring that like creation and like i don't know you're worshiping god in that way because 
I don't know. You're I'm taking care of the temple. You are. And just for clarification, God says, like, your body is a temple. <laughs> and kind of like the same way where if you wouldn't mistreat the church or, like, the church, the building, why would you do it to yourself? Mm-hmm. And I think that relates to the fearful part of verses you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Because, you know, it doesn't mean like, oh, you're, you're scared or like you're afraid. But it means that you have like reverence and honor. That mm-hmm. when the Bible says fear the Lord, it's like give your reverence and honor to the Lord. Maybe you're, you're a little bit afraid because when the angels <laughs> appear to many of the people, they're like, do not fear. They're fainting. But like, you know, fear God, fear that guy. <laughs> Because he's so great and wonderful and creator of everything and you know he has the authority to like mm-hmm. to do whatever he wants with you yeah in that type of way but it's more of reverence and honor that when god made you you have reverence and honor that ref- that's a reflection of the creator so this fearfully so if we took out the wonderful and wonderfully fearfully made does that mean God was reverent towards making us? Or how would you phrase it? How would you phrase it differently using that? I guess that what? Just in explaining it to somebody yeah. who's like a little kid. Basically, what I'm saying is that you were created. I, I, sorry, I'm trying to think of a word that's not like oh, yeah, respected it's... or mm-hmm. like respectful, but. You're created with value. Mm. And when you value something so much, you try to, or you respect it. Like you value, um, like you have a really nice car that's very valuable. You know, you wash it, you shine it, you wax it. You try not to drive it through the the mud. Well, (laughs) if it's an off-roader, you can for sure. (laughs) But, you know, you try your best to maintain and upkeep it because you have this reverence for it and this, like, honor for it. And I'm just talking about a car. Like, we, God made us so much more valuable than a car. Just think about that, that when he made us in his image, we have great value and honor and reverence that points back to him. Yeah. And that even goes to, like, you know, like how you said the temple thing is, like, if if we are God's creation that he put so much effort into and he cares so much about, like, of course it's going to break his heart when we do things that he knows is so damaging to our soul and our bodies and our things like that. And that's why he would, I mean, even have rules. And, like, I guess as somebody who doesn't understand God, when you look at the rules, or not the rules, when you look at, Things like, oh, like, don't <laughs> hate your neighbor. <laughs> or, or when you look at things and you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, Christians, they're so, like, whatever, fill in the blank. They're so goody-goody or this and that or Uptight. they have to do this. Like, yeah, they, they don't have fun. That's what Karen. I, That's what was always said when I was going to high school. People would be like, oh, you're a Christian? You don't have fun. Uh, and it's yes. like, well, I have a lot of fun. I just don't do the same things that you do. 
because for me morally you know you choose i'm like i feel like doing that stuff doesn't honor god it doesn't it's not on the birth it doesn't honor <laughs> yeah, it doesn't honor what he has for my life and or what he has created me to be and so i think like the thing is like a lot of people who don't understand that god has designed you with such a purpose and not just a purpose but such a reverence and such a wonder <laughs> that he would i mean yeah it's like i don't know like you're saying, it's like taking a Lamborghini and driving it through like a bunch of mud. You're like, well, why would you do that? Now that just doesn't make sense. You could damage it or you could ruin it or mess it up. It wasn't made for that. I don't know where I'm going with this one too. I will Again, follow I keep thinking to of that. It, but go for it. What does it mean when the Bible says wonderful? Wonderful. Oh, man. I think it's just full of wonder. Nah, nah, nah. Um, wonderful. Well, when you think when you think of the word wonderful... I think of like a sunset or I think of like the ocean and waves and things that like, it's hard to describe the word wonder without or wonderful without saying things that are just super obvious. Like it's awesome or wonder is just like this really, and this, this is how, I don't know. I just magical almost is how I would describe wonderful in a way that it's just like breathtaking, but it's the result of it. Mm. And so I think like God in his craft, in, in his craftsmanship of creating humanity is just like a breathtaking thing. And I think even, even now we see that like a baby's born, everybody's crying in the room, like comes out and he's like, Oh my gosh this is so wonderful what a wonderful moment it's because like i don't know it's hard to describe but it's such a i would say it's an yeah. overwhelmingly great or like an overwhelmingly yeah. good thing and so that's why i think uh, going back to even he's like he's a, like david just describes his describes god's works as your works are wonderful i know that full well mm. Because it's just so, I'm, I'd say, breathtakingly good or unfa un mm. understandable. I don't know. Do you think David had a dream well, or like some type of vision while he was, while he was um, writing this or before? Dude, who knows? Maybe. But I know sometimes, this, this used to happen a lot when I was a little kid and coming into full consciousness. But, you know, sometimes you're just like sitting down, looking at your hand. I don't know if you do this, but I'll just yeah. be like, I'm just like looking at my hand. I'm like, how the heck does this thing work? <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden you just kind of spiral down this like thing of like, well, but like, I know if I think about moving my finger, my finger moves, but like, I'm not like telling it to do like, it's just yeah. so subconsciously moving and my hands are moving. And like, I don't even need to think to breathe. It just like happens. And like <laughs> my blood flows when my blood needs to flow. And everything goes where it needs to go and does what it needs to do mm -hmm. when it needs to do it. And I don't know how to explain that other than like, man, God really had a plan in designing this thing mm. and it all works together. And that's just, well, that's just wonderful. wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> when I hear, or when you're talking about being wonderful, uh, I just pictured looking out at space. I mm. heard like this one definition of wonderful where it like means like you're unique 
and like you're like unique and awesome. And when you look out at space, there's like a billion stars and a billion planets, and not one of them are exactly the same. Mm-mm. Just like you and me, no one on Earth is exactly the same. Even twins, they have genetic differences <laughs> in the in their DNA. There's always and just an like, ugly and like one. even no, I'm just joking. Sorry. <laughs> even the grains of sand that David is talking about, like none of them are exactly the same. Maybe they look very similar, mm. but they have those little differences that make them unique and wonderful. Yeah. Like snowflakes. Yeah, like snow <laughs> exactly like snowflakes. Like little snowflakes falling. And we're all Liberal. little snowflakes to the Just Lord. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that is crazy. But it goes to show the individuality, the meticulousness of God. Is that he's not playing around. And I, when we when I heard the question kind of, what I was thinking of was kind of how like like I do this a lot in school, but when it hits eleven o'clock and I have a homework assignment due at eleven fifty nine PM, mm-hmm. I just start throwing words onto the page. <laughs> yeah. I don't even like correct like if I'm writing a paper, so say you have an assignment due, eleven eleven fifty nine. Like GPT. Like a ten page paper, yeah. Pre jap chat GPT for me. But then you just like you have to turn this thing in it right at the end of the night. And you lollygag, no research, nothing. You just start typing away and throwing stuff on the page. And like mm-hmm. all the sentences, everything kind of looks awful. But I always would have the same formulas. I would just talk about like, I would just like dissect everything in the three points or whatever it is, just so that I can turn in my paper or whatever. And the thing is like with God, he wasn't like that with anybody. He's not like, oh man, I'm on a time crunch. I got to, I got to hurry up and make this human. Let me give him. Crooked fingers or something. No, yeah. Let me just like throw them around. Like I'm not like like God. Mm-hmm. Everything God had has done, whether we are even handicapped when we're born or things like that. I feel like God has so much intention in everything. Like and like, I know we can back this up biblically, but just for the mm-hmm. sake of time, because this isn't even the main point of the podcast or anything. But just like. Like God in his godliness, as it says in verse six, like such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Like, I don't know why he does any of this stuff, but Mm -hmm. I know that he does it full well. And I know that it's wonderful and that like every little thing is so like the way that he made it. And oh man, I'm really Mm -hmm. mad. I saw this thing. I don't even know what it was. I'm going to look for it. I'm getting mad. All right, this is a vent sesh because I saw a thing on the Instagrams and it was this soccer player. Did you mm-hmm. hear about this? No. Let me find it. Is this recent? Yeah. And, okay, it. you'll see why it adds to it. Shoot. We'll have video one day. I'll, uh, I don't have it. I'm not going to spend the time looking for it. But basically there's this lady, soccer player, pro. She's really good. I think she got injured mm. and I, I hate to like start making a basis by saying, I think, or like start to state my opinion after saying, I think, cause I'm not, yes. <laughs> but I, okay. So I think this lady got injured and she said, 
something along the lines of like, I'm not religious. I'm not really a big believer in God, but I know this is proof that a God doesn't exist. What the heck? Because she got injured. No way. And it's like. Has she read the Bible? Uh, Does she know what happened to Jesus? (laughs) (laughs) And that's what I'm saying is like, like, how can we, if, if we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and you know, I'm willing to bet that we aren't the only things wonderfully made. I think the whole world is, has a lot of intention behind it because <laughs> it was made by God. And man, that might sound like such a basic statement, but if you think about it, it's almost crazy for us to think that like we know any better if something doesn't look the way that we want it to look. Mm. You know where I'm trying to go with this? Yes. Like some people are so quick to be like, be like, oh, this is messed up in my life. Obviously God isn't real. Or like, oh, this isn't going the way that I want it to go obviously God isn't real because why would a loving God blank? Why would Mm. a God who's so good blank? And it's like, bro, what do you know that God doesn't know? Like, are you withholding information from God of what's really good and what's really not good? Or does God know better than you? And does God, not just does he know better than you in a braggy way, but it's just so unattainable, Mm -hmm. his wonder and his goodness that who are we to go around being like, oh my gosh, life is so bad right now. God hates me. How do you know he doesn't love you and is preparing you for something mm. great? And that's just a little stupid, little silly case. But it's like, dang it. Don't you see all this good stuff that God knows and we don't know nothing? <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I just lost my train of thought a little bit. Uh... You're saying, uh, oh, I remember. Well, if you don't believe in God, then what, like, basis of morality do you have to, do you have to judge whether that's a good thing or a bad thing? Because mm-hmm. at the root of a life in materialism, which is just like no spirituality, nothing beyond what we see, we're all just stardust and rocks and matter. So how do you get morality from a bunch of atoms, from a bunch of chemicals in your brain? You don't. And even if like, you're evolved highly and you can have all these complex thoughts, it still doesn't answer the question of, oh, why is this good and how, like, how is this good or bad? It's just like experience mm-hmm. and like social influences. It really is. But switching switching gears a little bit, Come I, I kind of want to. I want to attack this um, the question from a different perspective. Of okay, so we're fearfully and wonderfully made with reverence and honor and uniquely crafted in the image of God, the imago Dei, in Greek. And sometimes, are often. We can look at someone and we can objectify them or like, you know, we have lust or we can hate them. And we take that image of God in that person, that reverence and honor, and we boil them down to like their appearance or we boil them down to one little experience. And I don't know, like just reading this verse just really convicts you, really convicts me on that point of like, oh, that person is more than their looks it's more than um like it's more than anything that they can do 
but beyond that, even before they were made, when they were made in the secret place and before we were crafted and knitted together, that he had a plan for us and a purpose and we had value before that. And now because of something they've done or how they look, now I'm valuing that less than what God does. Mm. It's like, uh, mm. it's like, you know, it's just, uh, I just want to see yeah. the thing or see people the way that God sees them. Mm-hmm. And that's not how I'm seeing them because <laughs> I just, if they do something wrong, uh, if they do wrong to me, if they do something bad, then my opinion of them decreases and my mm-hmm. value of them in my life decreases, which I don't think God really wants me to have that perspective. <laughs> Definitely not. But yeah, no, that's crazy because that's where it's like, I mean, once again, it comes down to how are you looking at how are you how are you looking at this really? Because pride, pride and I'm just blanketing. Pride right is the devil. Pride really is the devil. And it's like if if we even even as Christians, if we look at this and we're like, oh, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am this good thing. I am like created awesome. Then we start to like think about just ourselves. But like if you realize that that like with like how we discussed earlier, like like I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And what does that show that God is such a wonderful worker and God is such a wonderful doer. We look at our neighbor and we see them as, Oh, God also made you, which means that you're also fearfully and wonderfully made. And if we start to realize like in our humility that, Oh yeah, I'm wonderfully and fearfully made. But what that reveals more than just myself is that it reveals that everyone else around me is fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm. Then you can start to treat them like that. But it, yeah, it comes down to the pride because then, if you go around just thinking you're that person and yeah. you're super awesome and you're the warrior and you're this like super like amazing person who God favors and all this stuff, like of course God loves you. But God doesn't just love only you. He loves you like so intimately and more than anybody else in the world could love you. But the thing is that if you start to disrespect one of his children – then you're kind of making yourself an enemy to God, right? I mean, I hope that makes sense. But it's like, just pride is such a important thing that we have to be aware of is because even, I mean, even scripture twisted the wrong way can trip, can trip us up into thinking that we're the main character of the Bible or trip us up into thinking that, oh yeah, Jesus died for me, so I'm going to live I'm going to live my life my way. But it's like, no, obviously that's not what, that's not what the rest of the Bible teaches after Jesus at all. It teaches you to, that you are a, what a servant, to servant to Christ, servant to righteousness. Like your life is free, but it's free in Jesus. Yeah. And like, and even going back to how we perceive people and how we look at people is like, why does he ask us to love our neighbor is because like, if you, if you, um, what is the verse where he's like, away oh, from me, I never knew you. Mm-hmm. If you didn't if you didn't feed the poor, if you didn't take your shirt off and give it to the, the cold person, like he's gonna say, You never loved me. It's like, what God? I never, <laughs> when did I when did we see you sick? When did you we see funny you hungry? Story. And he's like, Come on, pizza guy. But it's like, oh, when did <laughs> when did we see you like struggling, God? And he's like, What you didn't do for these people, you didn't do for me. Is because why? 
they were also fearfully and wonderfully made. And so don't be a doofus thinking you're the only person who's fearfully and wonderfully made. It's like, dang, like who is this book about? And like so many, so much of the Psalms and everything is like, David wrote this and he said this. Most of the time he's either like, God, kill my enemies or God, I'm praising you or God, help me out. But I'll, at the end of every single thing, and if you and if you just like sit with it, each one is just worship to God every time. Mm. Like each psalm is just more worship to God. And I know people can just twist my words and say like, no, but what about this one says this? Like, bro, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I don't know how to like, like, look at the Bible. Like, look at the whole thing. Look at David's life was worship to God. And so it's like, like, you can't really get away from the fact that, you know, like last question, last week, our question was, what, who's your favorite Bible person? And yet we still see that they're our favorite Bible person because why? They remind us of God. And Amen. because there's so much like God. And so it's like like when we when we work and when we treat people, when we do things, are we doing it because we're worshiping God or because we're worshiping ourselves? There's only two other there's only two really mm. options in in deciding that and choosing that. And that trickles through everything. How we look at people and how we treat them, how we treat ourselves, the temple, yeah. how we do the things like, is it our temple or is it God's? Mm. Is it like, like, you know, like, who's it really about? I like that. Be honest. Who's it really about? Your body is a temple, but is it your temple? <laughs> <laughs> is it your... <laughs> no. And that's the thing is a lot of people are going to be like, well, it's, it's, I'm the one who breathes and eats and does all the work. It's like, why can't I just be the one charged? Like, well, you can be. God gives you the total free will, but your life is better off if it's not your temple. Yes. You're... Your your soul is better off if your life is not your own. Mm. It might be hard, probably be difficult, a lot of persecution, a lot of hatred from other people, whatever, whatever you wanna whatever the struggle is, but you're so much better off if your life is not your own. Yeah. Okay. So going back to um, <laughs> going back to treating our neighbors right. Mm. I was scrolling through Instagram reels and or I was scrolling through Instagram and there was this like a uh, meme. Well, it was, it was in a meme format, and it was this homeless person sitting on a be- uh, laying down on a bench with a blanket over over them, and it, the caption was like, "Some lady in I think it was England. Oh no, it was Ohio. Oh, this lady in Ohio called the police because this homeless man was like sleeping on a bench." But you know what the funny? It's so funny. Because the homeless man on the bench laying down wasn't an actual person. It was a statue. <laughs> it was a statue of a homeless man laying down on the bench. And, and you know who that statue was? <laughs> it was Jesus. Wait, actually? It was a statue of like, Jesus as a homeless person laying down. And it was kind of going back to that verse with saying like, oh, um, you know, it when when I was sick, when I was homeless on the side of the street, did you feed me? Did did you give me your clothes? Ooh. And like, oh, no, you didn't do any of that. You called the police on him. <laughs> you hey. called the police on Jesus. And kind of like the first time, like fearfully and wonderfully made. Like even those people are fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. And you know uh, the Bible talks about there's there's no greater love than to lay down your life for your friends. And 
you know, maybe you'll never be called to lay down your life, like physically for your friend, but maybe it's like laying down your life, like um, I'm gonna spare this amount of money, or I'm gonna go up, go up to this person, um, regardless of my humility and of my shame, and I'm gonna help them out, mm. laying down my life, laying down my pride and my insecurities, and just following Jesus. Yeah. Like if God, if Jesus died on the cross for that guy. Maybe I can at least go out of my way to make his life better to help him out. And then not call the police on him. <laughs> Dude, that's hilarious. Well, that's actually not, Judas. That's so sad. <laughs> but you know what that reminds me of too? It like Yeah, like holy smokes, how are you <laughs> treating people? God, right, Jesus. And this is this is where it comes into Jesus is always the best example and the coolest guy is like he had this understanding that everyone was made with intention and was he he understands God's love for humanity. He understands that. And so like Jesus was never hating anybody. He said some brutal things to the Pharisees, but was any of it wrong? Eh, no. <laughs> and it was righteous anger, if anything. Yes. And like, but the crazy part is, like in understanding his love for humanity, because why he made him, like when Jesus is on the cross in Luke and they're dividing up his clothes and casting lots for it, and they're like, oh, who gets to wear his robe? Mm -hmm. Who gets his sandals? He's like, he's not like, oh, those freaking guys, like I can't believe they're trading my clothes. Or he's like, He's not like, oh, God, can you seriously curse them for doing what they're doing wrong? He's like, Father, forgive them. Like, how crazy is that to pray for forgiveness for the people who murdered you? And as you're sitting there just dangling on the cross, they're still in front of you, like gambling away your clothes. Like, mm -hmm. you might as well like spit on me and all this stuff. And yet his prayer is that God would forgive them because he, he understands. I mean, I guess they're valued to him. They're valuable to him. I, I know that sounds... That could sound like a stretch, and there's a lot of ways that I could probably explain it better. But it's just the the fearfully and wonderfully made. Like, yeah, like how do we, like, in treating our neighbors, in treating the other people who are also fearfully and wonderfully made, like, we need to have that kind of response. Like, Jesus, ah, and I'm not just saying, like, I'll let, let somebody murder you and then, like, just ask yeah. God to forgive them. But what I'm saying is, like, if somebody cuts you off in traffic and oh man, we gotta go to the road rage. Personally, I don't road rage. That makes me a saint. No, I'm just joking. I don't road rage too much, but sometimes I'm in the car with people and then yeah. just one little thing and they're like, Oh my gosh, I hope this person gets in a car crash. And then the, the initial thought is like, Well, do they deserve it? Because they kinda are driving recklessly and they're doing all this stuff. But it's like, oh man, like that's the that's another human being. Like, how is our response like like we're so quick to have a negative thought towards somebody and mm -hmm. and kind of hope, kind of be praying on their yes, downfall, yes. as some would say. But it's like, man, like God, when when people who he knew were not the best people who were probably mocking him the whole way up the hill, like all this stuff, his response is that God would forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And it's mm -hmm. like, man, how are we so quick to judge people who we know for a fact don't know what they're doing? Because a lot of the times, too, when people cut them up, first thing they do is like, 
what are you doing? You don't even know what you're doing. It's like, yeah, exactly. That's, That's why we should probably, we should probably, I don't know, treat them better. And I'm, you know, I'm preaching to myself right now, but it's like, dang. Ooh, Someone. yeah. That's why <laughs> I don't know. It's so hard to talk about because we're not just talking to the youth here. We're talking to ourselves. <laughs> this is an everyday battle. Yeah. And especially when like people cut you off. But it's yeah. always funnier or you know, it's always anger when you're receiving when you're on the receiving end. But when you're the one cutting other people off, when you're the one um it, when you're turning left and it's not your right away, you mm. cut off person going straight. It's always, oh, sorry, forgive me. Didn't like, mean to. It's like, oh my gosh, why is that guy so mad? <laughs> yeah. It's always forgiveness when it comes to us screwing up, but not when we show it to others. And, mm. you know, even Jesus says, well, if you can't forgive your neighbor, you can't forgive your brother here on like, earth, then mm. the Father's not going to forgive you in heaven. Yeah. That's, just, <laughs> that's going back to like, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And mm. even. Even with like things like evil people, is that maybe like uh, practically they're not doing fearful and wonderful things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their purpose in life can also be used for God to just show Him His glory, just like um, Pharaoh. Yeah, just like <laughs> Pharaoh in Exodus, where you know he hardened his heart, and then uh, got to the point where god hardened his heart and god just used him to show how powerful he is and how um he's in con in control of everything mm -hmm. you know so even the things that we don't consider fearful and wonderful god still does and even if it doesn't make sense to us well that, that's what that's what it says in the psalms it's too lofty for us to understand yeah dude what the heck we're going off today yeah, so if there's one thing to say is um, I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know anything about God. So don't ever ask this question or submit <laughs> another question like that again. Because yeah, I don't know, DJ. I don't know. Oh, I'm just joking. But that's it. Yeah, man, that's the exciting thing. Like, will we ever understand? Maybe when we get to see God face to face. Mm. But on, on this earth, like, is he gonna? Is this like what the New Testament talks about when it's like the mysteries of the Lord will be revealed? Who knows? I don't think so. I think it's just God is just so cool, and mm. we're just we won't fully understand. I mean, how well He knows us, how well He yeah. cares about us, or loves us, mm. like that. It goes so, it goes so deep. <laughs> Because what is this? Verse 17 too, it says, How precious how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Like, what, what does that even mean? It, other than God is so crazy. <laughs> Overwhelming. I don't know how to Speechless. even. Wonderful. Yes, <laughs> and like, and yeah, that's the thing, like, it's so wonderful to the point where I am terrified. <laughs> like, mm. like, like space. Yeah, so cool. 
if I were to stand in space alone by myself, <laughs> yeah, if I were an astronaut and the rocket just dropped me off and I was just there, I wouldn't know what to do. Like a kid in a candy store and some and somebody comes up to you and they're, they're like, if you're like a little kid in a candy store and they're like, yeah, you can have whatever you want. You'd be like, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm so overwhelmed because of, look at all this goodness. I don't know how to like take it in. And that's just a little candy store where there's like the God of the universe who like, just like, you know, handcrafted every single human being and breathed breath into our lungs and thought of all of the like algorithms of the universe and all these things. And you're just like, dang. Thank that, you. That's cool. Like, <laughs> thanks. Let me like sing Reckless Love or something. <laughs> like, let me sing some yeah. worship. Like, man, how does that equate? Like, how, how, I don't know. How can you? It's like it's it's, it's terrifying, like our worship dude. will never like it's terrifying. Be enough, like to like equate the love that he has for us. Oh yeah, nowhere close. Like, uh <laughs> and that's the thing. Okay, see, that's the ooh. Now we getting cooking because especially when it comes to I identity, I'm not an expert in this. This is my own opinions, but when it comes to identity and stuff like that, and the question of why should we worship God. If he doesn't need it, it's mm -hmm. like my brother in Christ. He doesn't need it. He it's, likes it. It's for us. It's for <laughs> us because we become more like what we worship. Yes. More like what we idolize. Yes. More like what we want to be like more of what we fixate on. We become more like that. And it's like if God is your designer and you're totally enamored and like worshiping your your designer, then mm -hmm. all then all the answers are right there in front of you. Like all the things you need to live that successful life is there. And like, I don't know, a lot of people get it, get it twisted when they're like, oh my gosh, all this stuff. It's just like, I don't know. It's like, like, oh my gosh, why do I got to work for God? Why do I do this stuff? It's because it's good for you, man. Mm -hmm. It's good for you. Like, a, oh man, I know there's verses out there and probably in proverbs probably in the beatitudes i don't know where they are right now but i'm sure there's something along the lines of like oh it's in proverbs it's like a cheerful heart is like something it's good for you basically yeah like a grateful heart is so much better than an ungrateful heart like and that's the thing you see like people you could be so poor they could be so poor and they could have nothing but they're just grateful for the things they have and they're having a better time than somebody who has everything but is still wanting more and that's the thing with god is like if you're grateful for the things god's given you if you worship him for the goodness that he has done already and you don't just hate him because oh this is such a bad thing god why you're not good or you're not real because i'm having a bad time in my life we don't know all the things that he has for us we don't know all the things that he does or why he does them but if we worship him even in the chaos like, man, if you just go through the rest of the Psalms, there's a lot of worship in the chaos. There's a lot, mm. of, a lot of worship in the hard times with the hope and expectancy that God is good and the assurance that God is good. And yet, like, it's like, like what, what changes the situation is our worship towards God because we know we're fearfully and wonderfully made. We know he cares about us. We know he loves us. We know that his, his works are wonderful. So why would we doubt, like, his goodness why would we doubt his wonder why would we why would we think 
less of all his goodness. I was rambling on just to say that worship is so good. It's good for us. It's good for us. It's kind of the last thing I want to go on about before we start to wrap up and pray. (coughs) But um, not only do you, you become like the things you worship, but you worship the things that you love. Mm-hmm. For example, if oh we were at our friends, our friends basketball game last night. She's a coach, awesome coach. They they destroyed the other team, and every time they scored, every time um, they got points on the scoreboard, basketball, mm-hmm. we couldn't help but to jump up and yell and scream and be excited. And that's kind of like when we're worshiping God, it's not this like oh really obedience like oh i have to worship today but like Mm -hmm. no like god you're so great Mm -hmm. how can i contain this worship this celebration i just can't contain it myself i have to get it out and like even in the psalms the psalms are like songs and a lot of these scriptures are turned into songs so like david is worshiping with whatever like um whatever way he can express it Mm. it's like he's worshiping god because God is so good that, like, oh, God, you're good because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made because you are those aspects and traits. Mm. Yes. Amen, dude. You can wrap it up right there. So just to sum up, why are we fearfully and wonderfully made is because we have a fearful and wonderful creator. And what we want to encourage you guys to do is to worship that fearful and wonderful creator for yeah. all that he's done for the fearful and wonderful life that we are living in mm-hmm. and get to experience the good and the things that seem bad. Yeah, because what does it mean for us to be fearfully and wonderfully made? It means that we do have that wonderful creator and that we can rely on him. We can trust him. It's not just about us. It's about him and trusting in him. And knowing that is going to is going to set us <laughs> I don't know what a great us path. free 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 fallen. Shall we pray? We shall. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for our listeners and viewers. I just pray over everyone that uh, on this day, while they're listening, that they will know that they are fearfully and wonderfully made by a fearful and wonderful designer. And just thank you for them uniquely made, Lord God, that you know them from their innermost being, everything they do from the day they're born and before and to the day they die. Just pray that they would just give their life to you and follow you and worship you with everything they have. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. On the Why God Podcast.